you would, please open up your Bibles to Psalm 27. I would encourage y'all tonight, I title this, Fellowship of the Burning Heart. The Fellowship of the Burning Heart. You know, sometimes, if we're diligent or obedient or open to the Lord, He's going to speak to you. He's going to talk to you. It can come through study of the Word, reading a psalm. It can come from prayer times. Sometimes it can even just come in a flash. Just something happens in a flash, and God just speaks to you. And He does what He will. And it's wonderful, which is why it's wonderful to always make room for Him so that we can have ears to hear. And uh, He did that to me this morning. But I want to read this quote by A.W. Tozer. It says this. It says, I am looking for the fellowship of the burning heart. I claim the Baptist. I claim the Methodist. I claim everybody that loves Jesus is mine. But I am looking for the fellowship of the burning heart. Men and women of all generations and everywhere that love the Savior until adoration has become the new word. And they do not have to be entertained or amused. This Christ was everything. He was their all in all. I am looking for men and women who are lost in worship. Those who love God until he is the sweetheart of the soul. He said, I I claim everyone who's really born again, everyone who's really been regenerated, washed and cleansed, made new by the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit lives in. He said, but I'm really, my soul is looking for those, not that anyone is better than another, but perhaps I have have come to that phrase and I like it for myself. You, You can choose the one that you like, but making room for God. He was looking for people who had made room for God because he wanted to be stirred up to make more room for God too. And making room for God doesn't necessarily mean more Bible study time, more hours, more minutes. It's an enlarging of the spiritual man and of our hearts. That's what it is. I, I so appreciate Pastor Lee, who is a diligent man to study. You can go and you can see the, ver- the many books in his office. I've asked him one time because very foolishly, after having been in there even dozens of times, I came to this impression that he never read a commentary, he never read another book, but everything was original to him until one day about three years ago, I asked him, Pastor Lee, how many of these books have you read? He said, ah, about two-thirds, three-quarters of them. He's given room to God, but he also knows it's not tied to just these metrics, these measurements that equal spirituality. And he said that this previous Sunday, that there would be intimacy with Christ, not measured by hours or chapters, but just an intimacy with him. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me or when they attack me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. I bet our brothers and sisters in Ukraine are having to live this out, aren't they, Noah? Your friends over there. Verse 4, Psalm 27 says, One thing have I asked of the Lord. He's already talked about his enemies. He's already said he's safe from them. These are the things he needs so much, right? This is David. He's a man of war. He knows what it is to have Philistine enemies. And what did he say? One thing have I asked of the Lord. Let's pay attention to this lover of God. 
that this will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to gaze upon Him, to be in His house, yes, but not just to stop in His house, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. You have to be close to someone to see their eyes and how beautiful their eyes are, don't you? You've got to be somewhat close to them. I want to gaze upon your beauty, Lord, and I want to inquire in his temple. I don't want to just look at him. I want to converse with him. I want to talk with him. I want to ask him things, things I have in my heart. It speaks of relationship. He had a burning heart for God. Verse 5 says, He will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I speak. This morning I was riding in my car and it was just this... I don't know, it was weird. You know, I'm not necessarily a deep thinker or ponderer like I know some of you absolutely are. But this thought came in my mind. I was talking to the Lord in prayer. And this thought came in that was just extremely self-centered. And it was, are you good in all my situations? You know, I was just kind of pondering like, are you good? And it was almost like, not an accusation of God, but I was wondering what he was like on his side. It was very strange. It came in in an instant, and then immediately this change came within me that was like, no, this is so self-centered. And it just came up from my heart. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That's the proper response of the heart, response of the heart, not are you good? I love you. You are good. I don't even need to talk about your goodness right now. I love you. And his presence just came down in the car. I, I, I can't explain it. It was very interesting, very amazing. You know, but he was right there. He didn't rebuke me even for my wrong, self-centered thought. It was like so self-serving, right? God, what are you like when I need you? Do you provide for me? It's almost like looking at a vehicle that you're going to purchase. What's your gas mileage like? Are the seats heated? You got XM radio? You know, I just want to know what you're like. But that's not the kind of heart we want. And praise God. God is always working in our hearts to give us a proper heart because none of our hearts are burning quite like perhaps God would want. But I believe he's able to in the moment. It may not, my heart didn't, my heart now, even with all my young zeal that I had at 20, my heart was not in the position it is now. And the 20-year-old me would have probably pointed a legalistic finger at me now. The me now would just be like, don't worry, son. Just keep walking with Jesus and he'll sort your heart out. I know you mean well. But to have a burning heart, a fellowship of the burning heart, we're, we're not guaranteed this. This is something that has to be received from God. Just because we're born again doesn't mean we're right about everything. Doesn't mean we understand everything. It doesn't mean we're ready, set, go, good with Jesus all the time. I'm good with him by the blood. There's no distance. I'm not trying to get close to God by my Bible reading plan. I already got close to God when he came and offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross. He closed the gap. He closed the distance. 
I'm simply wanting to be intimate with him. I'm simply wanting to give room to him that I might not just be washed and cleansed and adopted, but in constant fellowship. Because what good is it to be married to my wife and have a ring on my hand and be legally married if there's no conversation? If there's no growth in my soul to love her, to know her, to appreciate her, that she might know me. It's the same with God. The fellowship of the burning heart. Just like no marriage is ready, set, go, intimate. In a growing manner, neither is this. It must be given opportunity. It must be watered. This is why Paul said this to the Ephesians. The Ephesians were spirit-filled Christians. He said, speak to yourselves psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Be in fil- Make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Be filled with the Spirit. He commended them for their diligence. They were wonderful believers. And it says here in uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He lives in you. He lives in you, but there's more. What am I like, Andrew? Am I like this? No, there's more. There's more. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Our gospel is not a salvation-only gospel. It is not, I'm forgiven, and one day, Jesus, I'll see you. But you are one to be known and lived for and loved now in the in-between time. Which is why Paul said this in verse 15. For this reason, because you know him, because you're born again, because the Holy Spirit lives within you, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints. That's really good. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you. There's something you need. There's something I want to pray for in your life. And this is what I'm wanting in my life this morning, and I believe God gave me a hint of and a taste of in that moment when he corrected me. That he may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, we need further revelation of knowledge of Christ. And that's going to come through His Word and the body and time with Him, collectively and individually, that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened. Wait, I'm born again, Paul. What are you saying? I'm saying that you see like a young baby. And you see black and white now. But there's color and there's focus. You can see more as you grow. And I'm praying for you to see more. He's praying for us to see more. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. The hope to which God has called us is so great that we need his help to even understand it more. Like there's there's a ceiling, a a glass ceiling and, and a bottom on the floor of understanding. And God wants to break them wide open and take us to open places in Him. I want you to know the riches of His glory, His inheritance in the saints. What is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe according 
to the working of his great might. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him above. The fellowship of the burning heart. We're being invited to greater depths. We're being invited to higher heights. Moses had this heart. He had a burning heart. In Genesis, and I don't even have the reference there. I've copied and pasted it on my notes for time's sake. I think it's 32. It's not. So one of you, when you know that when Moses says, show me your glory, if you know the chapter, shout it out to me so we can all get there. But Moses said to the Lord in verse 12 of that unknown chapter, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Exodus, right? Exodus, praise the Lord. Amen. Bible software. Amen. Uh, Exodus thirty three twelve. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people. So he's on a mission for God. He's been given a great task over millions of people, a spiritual mission to liberate these people. He's got some sort of standing with God, right? But you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Moses was on a mission for God, serving God, had credibility with God and his walk with him. He had found favor in God's sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your ways. Drake, you might say to God, you've brought me this far. You've taught me this much. Now, considering you have brought me here, there's more of you. Now, show me this. Considering how you've built my faith to this place, Now open my eyes even more because you brought me here not to just bring me forward, but that this is a platform to go further with you. You can ask him that. Considering you have given me a job and I wanted to be around LSU more, show me more. Teach me your ways. Show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. It's like he was climbing the rungs of the ladder. If I know you more and I have found favor in you, then I want to go higher in you. Not by human effort, but because he knew who God was to some extent, the limitless depths. And if you've given me this much, I'm just going to be bold like Abraham was when he prayed for Sodom. He had this boldness and he said, will you destroy it for 50 righteous, for 40, for 30, for 20, for 10 He was using the same kind of bold prayer. If I have found favor in your sight, consider too that this nation is your people. And he said, this is God speaking, my presence will go with you and will give you rest. Amen. We're in the presence of God in the church. We've showed up. He showed up. We're being ministered to. We're ministering unto him. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people, is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth, it's like he's saying, okay, great, I'm going to have your presence. Boom, I'm going to plant my flag there. Boom, I've got this much more spiritual territory. All right, God, you said you're going to give me a presence. (laughs) You can't take that back. i got your presence here. 
And he's going to go further. He's holding on to everything that God is giving him, and he's asking for more. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have favor in my sight. God is saying, yes, Moses. Yes, I will do this. And I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. Show me more of you. It's not enough. It's not enough just to have your presence. I want more of you. I want you. I desire you. Show me your glory. And what did God say? I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. And God brought Moses as far as humanly possible without dying in his presence. But we have a greater covenant than Moses, who was separated by a veil. It has been torn. We are the people of God in whom God lives. And we are going from glory to glory, being conformed to Jesus And there are limitless opportunities ahead of us. And so I would like to invite the worship team up. And this is a hybrid service. So I'd like to invite us back to a place of prayer and say this. God gave me a glimpse this morning of what it would be like to not simply ask how he is in a self-serving way. But simply to love him a bit more. To be drawn into his presence a bit more. And it was glorious and wonderful. And I want more. I want to be given the spiritual capacity for more, like Paul spoke of to the Ephesians. I want to ask him to enlarge my spiritual man, my inner man, that I might be more sensitive to him and understand him. And I want to invite y'all to do the same with me tonight, if we can do that. Because he's already shown us that he will. God, I ask for that. I thank you that even in the midst of a strange thought that came in, you brought correction, and then you brought worship, and then your presence came in. And I got to know you a little bit more. And God, we're asking and praying the prayer of Ephesians, open our spiritual eyes, enlighten us, enlarge our inner man, our inner woman, to know you, and to walk with you, whatever that looks like or means, perform the miracle in us tonight that we might know you and love you and look you in the eyes and that you could be the sweetheart of our soul, like Tozer said, that we could inquire of you and love you and praise you in Jesus' name.